live, right? And one of the things that's so beautiful about studying the Bible is we begin to realize that God is alive and he comes off the pages of this word and your word that you're holding and it comes into our heart and it changes our whole being. Isn't that beautiful? There's not a book that you can pick up and read that's going to do that more than the Bible. And so we're in a series called Believe, and it's an experience and it's a study that's taking us on a journey to encourage us to think more like Jesus, to act more like Jesus, and to become more like Jesus in our whole way of living. You know, we live in a culture that wants everything fast. And I would say, I don't know the percentages here, but I would say there's lots of people in this world that live on fast food. Somebody just admitted that. If you're living on fast food, there's going to come a point where your doctor or a friend or a spouse or somebody's going to look at you and say, you got to cut it out. You got to quit eating so many cheeseburgers late at night and french fries and Oh, doesn't that sound good right now? Man, I love that. Burgerland. Wonderful place to go, right? You're thinking all that. But there's a lot of things that we take in to our bodies that may not be healthy for us. So when you read the Bible, here's what happens. You can't learn the Bible fast. You can read like that but it takes a lifetime to experience and to gain that knowledge and full understanding of the truths that come off the page of scripture now i want to hold up a couple of books they're they're pretty heavy one is the webster school dictionary it's, you know, it's pretty thick. Then you've got the, good night, that's heavy, the American Dictionary of the English Language, and you can tell it's thicker. Now, how many of you have books at home on your shelf or somewhere that are this thick? Now, I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about just a book. Now, how many of you have dared to open thick books like this and start reading them? Okay. How many of you ever finished one this thick? Okay, that's a good goal to have. Now, here's the difference between a book that you have on yourself versus the Bible. Big difference. Okay? When you read just a regular book, what's going to happen is you read that to get information. Okay? It's written to inform you. But when you open up the Bible, it has the capacity to transform and to change us and shape our lives more into the image of our Creator. Isn't that beautiful? And there's no other book that can do that. 
And so reading your Bible is not like reading any other book. It's not this one-sided adventure because of who the author is. I mean, the book is alive and it cuts between soul and spirit. And here's the beautiful thing. Not only are you reading your Bible, it is reading you. So not only are you reading the Bible that God has for us, and praise God for the writers that have been inspired by God to write truths down to us that change who we are. It reads us. And so my question is this. If we aren't reading our Bibles and letting the Word of God shape us, then we have to ask, what then is shaping my life? And I want to say this this morning. You can't say, well, but Patrick, I come to church and I come to Bible class and I even come some on Wednesday night. That's great. If your only time to be in the Word is when you come here in this room or come to a classroom, I just want to suggest today you are really missing out on a lot. And I know I'm speaking this morning to, there's a lot of wisdom in this room. And I'm thankful for that, grateful for it. But you know what? Where, where do we get that wisdom? We get that wisdom from right here, from a lifetime of studying and reading and being in the Word and allowing it to make a difference in who we are. According to Barna Research, less than 50% of Americans opened the Bible in a given week, even though 88% said they owned one. 82% think that God helps those who help themselves is directly from the Bible. 63% cannot even name the four Gospels. 58% do not know that Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount and 52%, I have no idea how this made it in there, but it did, 52% do not even know that the book of Jonah is in the Bible. Now, why Jonah compared to others, I don't know, but it made the survey. But did you see that? Less than 50% of Americans opened the Bible. And so what do you do if you have all these great Bibles and some are really old and some are brand new what good is it if you have all of them in your midst or on your shelf or next to your bedside but you never crack it open to see what's in there you might be surprised to see some amazing stories I've said this before there's some stories in the Bible you probably don't want to read to your kids before they go off to sleep you might want to wait till they're awake during the day, right? But they're great stories. They are stories that, I mean, they have shaped who we are today. And so this morning, I'm gonna, I want to read some scriptures about the importance of Bible study. And then I'll, I just want to give you some practical how-tos and steps this morning. It's not a complete list, but I just want to give you some suggestions to take with you today. And if you're not in a habit of studying the Bible, I pray that it will become part of your life. I pray that it will become part 
of your daily routine and daily schedule so you and God have time together. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. I mean, early Christians were 100% sold out to this in such a way that, notice, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I mean, they were in the Word with them, and they had that time of fellowship. And so they were faithful with the responsibility to preach and teach the Word of God. And the believers were faithful to not just do it every once in a while, but some versions say they were faithful to continue in that. Don't you want to live a life where you're not just in the Word just here and now? But, you're in the, but you have that continuation of being in the Word so the Word can be in you. I wonder, how many of us today came in here and came to church today expecting that God was going to speak to us? Because a lot of times I think we just kind of get in that rut and that routine of it's time to go to church and then we, we know for the most part what to expect. We know we're going to sing some songs, we know we're going to have the Lord's Supper, we know we're going to pray, we know I'm going to get up and talk for a little bit, sometimes longer than others, right? But we know what to expect. But church, here's the beautiful thing. We need to come into this place with the expectation that God is here, that God will speak to us. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Or we show up to a Bible study in a home. Surely the presence of the Lord is in that place. Or in your school, surely the presence of the Lord is in that place. At your work. Surely the presence of the Lord is there with you. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not just a place. It's everywhere we find ourselves, God is present. And when God is there, expect God to do amazing things in your life. Pray about that. Pray that you will see God. Pray that, as we do in our Bible class every week, Greg asks us, how have you seen God at work this week? And we share that. And we hear testimonies and we hear stories from people in our class about where they saw God and how they saw God at work. Folks, God is all around us. And the question is, will we join God at work where He is? A lot of times we like to say, God, Come over here where I am. Some great things are happening. That may be true. But we need to always be where God is. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. 
2 Timothy 3. All Scripture is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible will show you the way to eternal salvation and to living a righteous life, which simply means a life that is right standing with God, and you will find your destiny here and will become eligible for all of the above benefits. And this one's not on your screen, but I want you in your Bibles or your smart gadget, find Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I want to show you something. Deuteronomy chapter 6. While you're turning there, I'm going to start summarizing this chapter. He starts by saying, These are the commands and the decrees and the laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe while you're crossing the Jordan to possess. So that, and, and look at the effect here, so that you and your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. Hear, O Israel, be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your, what's the word? Hearts. And notice that when it's in your heart, when it comes off the page into your heart, do you see how you're to take this with you everywhere you go? He says, impress it upon your children. Talk about it. When you sit home, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up, and I'm not saying you do that to the point where you just start quoting one scripture after another, but here's what you do. As you take it with you, you just weave it into life. You weave it into conversation. And so it's not like you're saying, now honey, in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse, no, that's preaching to them. Don't do that. Weave it into daily life. Weave it into conversation. It makes a difference. It's impressive to them when they hear this is what God said about it. There's a big difference to think here's what so-and-so believes or here's what this person might think, but when you say this is what God says, that's neat. That's one of those aha moments that you need to listen to. And the beautiful thing, our children and grandchildren, they're not afraid to study the Bible. They're not afraid to even memorize Scripture. Isn't that great? When your child comes home and says, look at what I learned today, and they can read a Scripture to you, that's a teachable moment, parents. That's a teachable moment that you need to capture and take in 
and talk to your kids about the meaning and about the importance of what they just did. And so here's a practical habit that'll help. First of all, develop the habit of regular Bible reading. And so as you're doing that, here's what you need to look out for. As you open the pages of Scripture, you need to remember that some of what you read are books of history, some are prophetic, some are these collection of songs and poems, some are these collections of wise sayings, some are biographical, some are very confusing. Stay with it anyway. We have poetry, we have the Kings and the Chronicles, we have Jesus telling the stories and making his point through a parable. We have other times where he's giving more direct teachings like he did with the Sermon on the Mount. And I mean, he covered a multitude of it, didn't he? He covered it all. And what was the, what was the point of all of that? So we can begin to realize that life in Jesus' kingdom makes all the difference in the world. It makes a difference in the way we live. Then you have Revelation that was written during a time of persecution. But what you have is, the more you read and study in context, the more you understand. I think a lot of times what we do is we, we just turn to a scripture and we just pull it out of there, not seeing in full context what's going on. It's always important when you study the Bible, don't just read that one verse you look at what's above it and what's below it and what's all around it to really grasp what's going on there. Develop that habit of Bible reading. Now, if you're not in a habit of that, I want to suggest this. Start small. Don't wake up in the morning thinking, I'm going to read for two hours. Don't do that because you're probably going to mess that up. Start with ten minutes. Ten minutes is better than nothing, right? And that ten minutes will grow, and I promise you, you'll fall in love with it, and it'll grow to where you can't put it down. To where you are looking for that time in your day where you can catch back up with where you left off. One of my greatest memories, I know I've shared this, I'm going to share it again. One of my greatest memories as a little kid growing up, going to my grandparents, we would spend the day doing a lot of things in the garden, on the tractor. I didn't pick up on much of that, but it was fun. It was great. Shelling peas, all of that, love that. If you haven't shelled peas, you need to go get some and shell them. It's pretty fun. It really is. But in the afternoons, I would sit there and I would watch and listen to my grandparents read the Bible to each other. And it wasn't just, well, let's just turn and see where we, you know, see, let's just read Deuteronomy 28, for example. No, no, no. It was, we're going to start where we left off. So that tells you they were in a habit of reading. And my granddad would read a little bit, and they would talk about it. And then my grandmother would read a little bit and talk about it. And I watched that and listened to them and I joined in on the conversation. That was beautiful. That was transformational. 
And now that I'm grown and I'm still growing in my study of the Word, I remember that like it was yesterday. And it's in my mind so vivid. What a beautiful thing to witness. And I've heard stories and I've watched and I've seen some of you out here. You've talked to me about how you study the Bible and how you read wonderful i grow from that we need to share with each other what the word of god means to us it's not something to just read and leave to yourself share it and it makes a difference in your life when you do that develop the habit of bible reading number two develop the habit of meditating on the word of god let me give you an example one of the things you do as you meditate, you're slowly kind of murmuring over every word. I know that sounds crazy, may sound weird, but that's, that's a form of that. That's what happens as you meditate it. You're taking a section of scripture with you through the day and it stays with you. That idea of meditation comes from the Hebrew word sikah, which means to reflect and to have a concern of one's thoughts. And so you're reflecting over that passage and you're having that concern of that writer's thoughts and what it means to your life and what it meant to that person's life. It makes a difference. And here's a form of meditation. There are studies out there that, will, that you know you can, you can go online and get this copy where it'll say here are 30 verses this month and your goal that month is to read let's say Matthew 4 1 through 11 not only are you going to read that but to help you meditate on that you're going to write it down now you're saying now why am I going to write it down when it's, it's already written for me think about it when you write that scripture out what are you doing you're meditating you're thinking, you're reflecting on that as you write it. Try that for a month and see the difference it makes. Just a deeper form of studying God's Word, but it's one that's rich and deep. Psalm 119, oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. And your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it's ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation, and I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. Another thought, develop the habit of listening to the Word. It's one thing to read it. Let it read you. And while you're doing that, man, you're soaking it up and you're listening as you go. Mark chapter 4, Jesus begins with the, the parable of the sower. You remember how he begins that teaching? With the word, listen. And it talks about how a sower spreads his seed out onto four kinds of soil. But it's only the good soil that the seed would take root, it would grow up, and it would yield a large crop. Listen 
to the Word of God. And here's one of my favorites. Discuss the Word of God. With your spouse, with a friend, with a Bible study group, with your Bible class, I don't know who it is for you, but discuss the Word of God with others. Maybe it's dinner time conversation. Maybe it's drive time. Maybe you're listening to the Word on CD. I don't know. Find that time in conversations and in situations where you can say, you know what, I read this this week in the Bible. I want to talk to you about it. I want to get your thoughts on that. What, what a great way to start a conversation with somebody. Because here's what happens. As you discuss the Word of God with somebody else, both of you, or as a group, you begin to realize that you align your life to the Bible because you believe it's from God and you believe that what it says really matters in your life. And so I want you to consider something. This is for you to take home today. I want you to try to put this into practice this week. What if for one week you exchanged your cell phone for your Bible? Now stay with me before you tune out. I'm not saying keep your phone off all week, okay? You could survive without it, but I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm suggesting. Anywhere you normally take your phone, take your Bible instead. So anytime you normally look at your phone, you following this? Look at God's Word instead. If you're on your lunch break, and you've got an extra 15 minutes that you're normally on your phone playing a game or checking Facebook or texting somebody, pull this out. And I'm going to suggest this. Don't pull, your, don't pull your Bible app up because if the phone rings or a text comes through, guess what you're going to be tempted to do? Oh, got to take that. Don't do that. Leave that temptation in the car. Open your Bible for that 15 minutes and read it. Time you spend calling, texting, browsing online with your phone can be traded for time reading scripture. And so, what if you go into a business meeting? Well, this is really, this is really going to get you. What if you go into a business meeting and instead of just turning your phone over and laying it right there, what if you just have your Bible? right there now Patrick I can't do that I mean so you know somebody might say something wow wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be a fun conversation to have why'd you bring your Bible to this meeting I'll let you fill in the blank what you say next but you get the point wherever you take that phone replace it with your Bible and see what happens. What difference would that exchange make in your life in just one week? But more than that, whose life will be impacted because of that example? Luke chapter 6, verse 48. If you work the words into your life, 
You're like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. And when the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it because it was built to last. When your life is built upon the Word of God, it'll last. There may be days that are difficult, days that are hard, moments that, oh my goodness, how am I going to make it? With your life being rooted with God, you'll survive. How? That's the promise of God. Always with us. Everywhere we go. Isn't that a blessing? And I know we could just take turns this morning and you could come up here and just share one story after another about how reading the Bible has blessed your life. I challenge you to share that with somebody this week. And I can't wait to hear stories at the end of the week how exchanging your cell phone for this will make a difference. I dare you to do it. We're going to stand right now. We're going to have a time of invitation, a time to meditate and to think through the words of this song and through the way that God has worked in our life. And if there's anything that we can do for you today, whether through baptism, through prayer, just a way to encourage you, we want to do that. And we want to do it right now as together we stand.